0: Genesis, I've been thinking about 2016 and what would God have for me to share with the church family in, in 2016, and so I'm going to do uh, over the, the course of the year, in and out in different, different uh, time allotments, but I want to go through um, the Word of God, one book, one week, one year. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to pull that off with all the different things that we have going on with church, Um, and so uh, I want to start with the book of Genesis, and uh, just go over maybe some of the highlights uh, as we go through the Word of God. Uh, As I look at the book of Genesis, or I think about the Word of God, I think about 66 books, 40 human authors, and 2,000 years of history. As you have what's in your hand, 44 different people. We're involved with one book that took an over, over 2,000 years to put it all together, 66 books, what you and I call the Bible. Oh, let's see what we can do here. Maybe, maybe not. There we go. Thanks, Nancy. As you have what's in your hand or in your on your phone or, or your, your iPad or whatever you're using this morning, you got one book. You got the Old Testament. You're gonna look at we look in the beginning, we're gonna look at history, we're gonna look at poetry, we're gonna look at prophecy. You've got the New Testament, twenty-seven different books in the New Testament, you're gonna look at the Gospels. What's exciting as you look at the New Testament where most of us spend our time, you got four different accounts of the birth, the life, the teaching, and the death, and the resurrection of Christ. In the New Testament, you have the book of Acts that records the spreading of the gospel, the good news about Jesus from his ascension into heaven. You have the epistles that mostly are written by Paul, and then Peter and John and James and the the brother of, of Jesus, Judah, and Jude wrote a book, Revelation. As you look at the Word of God, you see one main theme as you run all the way through Scripture. And it's interesting this morning as we've gathered together as a family this morning, we are going to stop and celebrate that Jesus Christ is the salvation that God offers to you and to me. And that's important in a society where there's lots of different gods and lots of different ways to get to heaven, quote-unquote. And you will find as you go along that you're going to hear more and more different ways, more and more opportunities, and more and more, quote-unquote, religious beliefs. What I'm excited about is, is that every week I get a chance to be with you I get a chance to open what I call the Word of God. It's God's Word for you and me. No matter what happens in society, no matter what my friends say or my neighbors say, no matter what the media says, I will come back to this book and say, God, what is true from this book? Because I know it's absolute truth. And I realized this morning that we live in a society that is always changing, and there is no absolute truth. We live in a society, what is relevant for you today or what's okay or what makes you feel good is okay for you. I don't believe that is true. That's a lie that Satan has planted through the Internet, through news companies, through books that you read, and maybe even through some of the friends that you communicate with. But I believe in one absolute truth. It is the Word of God. And I get excited about the opportunity to to go with you and begin this morning in the book of Genesis. As I think about the book of Genesis, I think about the book of beginnings. There's a lot of neat things that are established in Genesis. And as I look at those things, I think about those things, I've been reminded of this. That in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, this is what I told you while I was still with you. This is Jesus speaking everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the, in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. God longs for human beings to enjoy an intimate relationship with Him in His presence as He is the perfect, holy God. And that it's possible for us to submit to Him, submit to His rule, submit to His ultimate authority, the Word of God that would encourage us not to live in sin. The book of beginnings its the book of Genesis. You have with you, in front of you, what you and I call the Bible. It's God's plan for us. It's God's word to you and I and say, hey, God is going to give us a word and it's going to be an opportunity for you and I to follow that word, to trust it, to surrender to it. Or it'll be just something that you have a tendency or could be just pull it out on Sunday mornings, go home, and put it back away again. But make sure you bring it back on Sunday because we are a Bible fellowship church, and Lord, we wouldn't like, Lord only knows we would not like for you to walk in without a Bible. Because that's what we will open. And that's what we will run to for hope, for strength, for encouragement. The book of Genesis. I'm gonna go real briefly and then then I'll come back with you and go through some things. Genesis chapter one through eleven tells the story of mankind. Genesis chapter twelve through fifty tells the story of the Hebrews. Genesis chapter one verses chapters one through eleven talk about the creation, the fall, the flood, and the tower of Babel. Galatians chapter 12 through 50 talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Genesis chapter 1 through 11 focuses on the beginning of sin. Genesis chapter 12 through 50 focuses on the beginning of salvation. So as we enter in to the book of Genesis, let's start with creation. Let's start with the Creator. Let's stop and remind ourselves. In verse 1 it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. I don't know for you, but for me, as I enter into 2016, there's a lot of unknowns. There's lots of opportunities where you can maybe have anxiety or fear, or because I know that you're in church and you're more spiritually mature than that, you would probably say, well... You have concerns. So as you enter the year with your concerns, just being reminded as you start in the book of Genesis that our God is the creator. Our God is the one who put the sky in place. Our God is the one. Well, I hope that we are thankful that we live in Florida that stops the oceans where they are. Have you ever wondered why God just didn't flood Florida? I mean, he could if he wanted to. Some of you like to go walk on that nice sandy beach. Some of you love salt water. And then you step your foot in it. You ever wonder how many millions of gallons were coming your way? You ever wonder how many sharks are really out there? As you wake up, Morning after morning, the sun rises. You know what's exciting about the sun and the sunrise? It's different every morning. Some mornings this week, there's been fog. Some mornings this week, as you're driving along, then the fog burns off, and then you get to see the sun in a little bit different way. Maybe you're one of those people that like sunsets. There will never be two sunsets they will be exactly alike. Never. Maybe some of you are are like me that like to sit out at nighttime and just look at the stars. Just stop and think, how many stars are there? And then I also like to watch the little flashes and try to figure out which ones are drones, which ones are airplanes, which ones are just different things that I had not thought about before but not really worrying or not being concerned because I know that my Father wanted me to know in the book of Genesis that He is the Creator. That His hands were all over every single star, every single sunrise, every single sunset. That's my Father's work to me just as a reminder. By the way, I was there in the beginning and I'm still here. I am the creator. Some of you, as you enter the earth and love this world, some of you love animals. And you like to watch them. It's interesting, we um, we have this new puppy at our house. And uh, I'm not really quite sure what it is at this point, other than a puppy. But you know what's interesting about a puppy? They like to be next to you. And so we'll let this puppy go outside, and he'll be with magic. But after a while, that's our other dog. That's Rachel's dog. So Rachel has a dog. Seth has two dogs. Susan has four chickens and four guineas, and I just live there. That's what's called happy marriage. But what's been interesting, I'm not really an animal person, but this puppy's been interesting to watch. And so last night I was watching some football and he was fussing at the back door and I'm kind of a soft-hearted person. So, you know, I let him in. And what's really interesting is he will fall asleep every time if you put him somewhere where he can touch your skin. If he can put his, his face on your hand or or close to you where it's warm, that little guy will fall asleep. And it's funny to watch because he can't really even keep his eyes open. It's just like, He's been running all day long. Just let me sit somewhere. Somebody give me some attention, and then I'll fall asleep. Then I'll be okay. And sure enough, his head will just start going, mm, mm. And then, boom, he's out. But if you move just a little bit, he wakes right back up. Just want to make sure that you're still there. Some of you love animals. You know what else is interesting as I think about the book of Genesis? Not only was creation created, there was other things that were created. Marriage and I've been wondering what it was like to be in the garden and be married and have no sin what was it like to be in a in a relationship where we didn't really think about ourselves where there was no struggle, there was no you know issues there was no issues there was because there was no sin. I don't know how long Adam and Eve lived that way. What would it be like to be in a, in a marriage relationship, and if you wanted just to go out and eat watermelon whenever you wanted, just to eat, and not just any old watermelon, but like a really good watermelon. Just sit down. Okay, I'm going to have this today. What was it like for Adam and Eve to walk around the garden and not worry about sin? What was that like? I don't know. But what I find is and what I want to keep coming back over and over and over again is as we look through the word of God, as we go through this journey, as we as we look at the beginnings in this chapter, as you look at Genesis, always we need to come back and say, "Hold on a second, what does the authority say? What does God say when it comes to this?" Not just the God that I love that's the creator, not just the God that I love when I see the mountains. Not just the God that I love when I watch and get the opportunity to watch it snow. Not just the God that I like and that makes me feel good. But what does the God, the Creator God say, hey, this is what I've defined. This is the standard. Not only what does it look like, but what does He want from me? And as we get to the New Testament... You're going to get really clear, specific things when you think about marriage that God wants for you. That God has for me as a husband. The requirements that he puts on me that only can be lived out with the help of the Holy Spirit. We often laugh at at Rachel because Rachel just kind of shakes her head at me. We were going to Orlando the other day, and and Mom makes a comment, and and I don't know what comments I don't know what that means. Just an open statement. Well, that's a nice thrift store. What does that mean? Do you want to stop? Do you want to keep going? Do you want me to turn around? Do you want me to go from this side all the way over three lanes of traffic so I can get over there? What does that look like? I don't know what that means. So then you know we we. Somehow I got the hint. I don't know how I got the hint. Maybe Rachel said something. Dad, you probably all should turn in here. Okay, fine. So then we get out of the car, and me and Rachel, we just smile at each other. Because I am a terrible woman mind reader. I have no idea what Susan is thinking. I I can't understand what, because you know what's fascinating is? She is not thinking anything like I think. And so, as I think about the, the, the Creator God, the power of holding the oceans back, forming the mountains, I think about that God. I get really excited. But I also know that that God also has given me some very clear instructions in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, for me and my marriage. And so, I want to come back and not just, you know, feel good. Oh, you know. If you, if you look at Genesis you know, chapter 2, you'll get a chance to see the whole the marriage concept. And then go to Genesis chapter 3, and for the first time in the world, something took place that had never happened before. Sin. Adam and Eve made a choice. Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate it. She gave also to her husband with her. And he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. There was a decision that was made, and because of that choice, entered sin into the world. Do you realize, after this choice? that Adam and Eve's marriage would never be the same. Do you realize after this choice, for the first time, a weed would grow? For the first time. That Adam would never beforehand, would ever walk around the garden and say, oh, that's a weed, got to get rid of this. Now Adam was going to have to work for food. It also happened after this day, and it still happens to this day. People don't take responsibility for their actions. And most of you have been in church for many, many years. And you know when God came to Adam and Eve, what do they both say? Well, it wasn't my fault. It was Eve's fault. It was Adam's fault. All the way back in the garden, in the book of beginnings, Sin entered the world. And sin would radically change everything in history. It's also interesting as you think about the book of beginnings and you think about the book of Genesis, you need to remind yourself because of the choice of sin, blood was shed. That an animal had to give up its life so that Adam and Eve. Would have clothes. Maybe as you think about a passage of scripture, here's a just a quick um, jump to the New Testament, First Corinthians, chapter fifteen. First Corinthians, fifteen. For since First Corinthians fifteen verse twenty one. For since by a man came death, by a man also came resurrection of life. That's not the verse that I wanted. Sorry. What I wanted was, um, and I'll find it between hours. Is sin entered into the world by one man? Sin entered our world because of Adam and Eve's choice. And so the creator God now had to come up with something that was going to have to radically change the universe. Genesis chapter 4, you get a chance to see if people live in sin, what's going to happen. You get the whole the whole Bible story or history story of who? Cain and Abel. One was going to kill the other one you go on to Genesis chapter 6 through 9. As you think of Genesis chapter 6, it should automatically pop in your mind, Noah. It should be a concept in your mind where God was going to come to Noah with a plan. And God's plan for Noah was to do what? Build an ark. Now most of us know that had never rained before. Most of us are very aware, or well aware of that there was sin ran, running rampant on planet Earth, and God was going to make a decision. And God chose Noah, and He came to Noah because Noah's life was different. And He says to Noah, Noah, I want you to build a boat. Now what's interesting in this is God's plan made no sense to Noah. And now Noah's going to have to say, God, asked me to do something. He's going to have to go sit down with his wife. He's going to have to go sit down with his boys and say, boys, we're going to build a boat. Dad, why in the world are we going to build a boat? Because that's what God asks us to do. This is God's plan, guys. And so we're going to build a boat. And so early on in the book of Genesis, you're going to get a chance to deal with a word called faith. Noah, are you going to believe God? Noah, are you going to follow God's plan? Noah, for a hundred years or so, are you going to be willing to be laughed at because God's asked you to do something? Because God has asked you to trust Him. Because God has came to you and said, hey, I've got a plan for you, for your family. Do you ever wonder what would happen if Noah would have said no? When you're driving down the road the next time, and you see the rainbow, and it's kind of just, you know, a tendency just to pass it off. Oh, it's just a rainbow. No, no. It's not just the rainbow. It's our God saying, Noah followed the plan. It's my father saying to me, I came and said to Noah, This is what I want from you. And Noah had the courage to follow the plan. Even though it didn't make sense. All the way back in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, is an opportunity for you and I to see our God, the work. Our God asked us or asked these people to do something that didn't make sense to them. But these people made a choice to follow with obedience. It's interesting, and I'll just, you know, you know the story of the Tower of, of Babel and Genesis chapter 11, you got the pride of humans. But then I want you to think about this 12 through 15 chapter. This chapter where, these chapters where you're going to get a chance to see God move in a salvation process. The beginning of salvation. You think about Abraham. Well, what's exciting about Abraham? Genesis chapter 12, so if you have your Bible, go Genesis chapter 12. Verse 1, it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and so that you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curse you I will curse. And in your families of the earth will be blessed. God comes to Abram. He says, Abram, this is what I want from you. Abram, I want you to go. I want you to leave your families. And I'm going to bless you. What do we get a chance to see? God had a plan. Now, I don't know what happened in the tent, I get a chance to see what happens because of history. But I wonder if Abram ever thought about this. Say, God, I kind of like being with my family. And God, you want me to go, but you don't tell me where you're going to go, where I'm supposed to go. you I want You ask me to leave my father's house to a land which I will show you. God, why don't you just show me right here? God, this is where I'm comfortable. This is what's normal. God says to Abram, I've got a plan. Go to Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord, 15 chapter 1, came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you, and your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is an heir. Then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from you, your body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look towards the heavens, count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. God speaking to Abel. Go outside. This is the plan. You're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to have that whole word called faith, but this is the plan. God saying to Abram, here's the plan. Isn't that kind of a nice, fun, wormy, feely plan? Can you imagine that night, Abram walking around, checking out all the stars, saying, wow, God, this is awesome. But God also had something else to ask of Abram. Genesis chapter 18. Verse 10. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah will be your wife and have a son. And Sarah listening in the tent, which was behind her. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past bearing childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, Have I become old? Shall I have no pleasure, my Lord? and the lord said to abraham why did sarah laugh saying shall i indeed bear a child when i'm so old is everything is anything too difficult for the lord faith abraham faith genesis chapter 22 Pick it up in verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. He split wood for the burnt offering and he rose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to the young men, Stay here with your donkey and I and the lad will go, go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac's son. And he took him in his hand in the fire and the knife. And so the two of them walked together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So two of them walked on together. Faith. How far did Abraham's faith go? Far enough to where the boy was bound. Far enough to where the knife was in his hand. Far enough to know that the knife was high in the air, most likely ready to come down sacrifice his son not just any son his one son that God had gave him in his old age and then God said wait over in the thicket there's the sacrifice interesting isn't it the book of beginnings, Abraham, God's plan. Abraham, faith. One last one. Joseph, the coat of many colors. Genesis chapter 37. I know I skipped Isaac and Jacob, but we would be here all day if I kept going, so... Genesis chapter 37, God had given this young man, Joseph, a very interesting gift. A gift to be able to have dreams, interpret dreams. So this young man had no idea what was happening. He didn't know that his dad was playing favorites. He didn't know anything about it. He didn't know that his brothers were really, really, really hated him. But see, God had a plan for this young man named Joseph. Now, verse uh, chapter thirty-seven, verse one. Now, Joseph lived in the land where his father had sojourned in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph was seventeen years of age while pasturing the flocks and his brothers, while they were still young, young, along with the sons of the son of Zilthah, his father's wives. Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their fathers. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all the sons. That Joseph's fault was it Joseph's fault that that his dad loved him more than all the other brothers wasn't Joseph's fault. You know what's interesting is God had a plan for Joseph. God was going to ask Joseph to go to a land that he had never been before. God was going to ask Joseph. Genesis chapter 37, verse 17. Joseph's going to go find his brothers. Look what happens. The man said, they have moved from here and heard them say, let's go to Dotha. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them. Do you ever wonder who the man was? I do. Because I think that man was there for a purpose. And it was called spiritual maturity for Joseph. Joseph could have went in the totally wrong direction. But God had a plan for Joseph. The one who had the coat of many colors. The one that was really loved by his dad. And Joseph was going to have to come to the realization, God, am I going to trust you? God, I really like you with my coat of many colors. This is really nice. You're a really, really neat God. And I'm really, really enjoying this. See, Joseph was going to be tossed into a pit. And Joseph was going to cry out to his brothers. I don't know how long, but he was going to say, God, I'm here. Brothers, I'm here. Don't do this. Don't send me away. Don't kill me. Don't let me be sold. I don't know what the plan is for me, but I'm in this pit, and I'm crying out for help to you. And while the brothers brothers were sitting there eating, listening to their brother, Their hatred had grown so much, they were saying, let's just get rid of this guy. So they sold him. Now, most of us, if we would have been sold, we would have been pretty angry at God. But I find in Genesis chapter 39, and verse 2, the Lord was with Josephs. Joseph. So he became a successful man. Do you ever wonder why Joseph didn't get mad at God? Do you ever wonder how much faith Joseph must have had in his God to his own family? He said, you know what, we don't want anything to do with you. We're going to sell you all. You're just gone. The opportunity for bitterness, bitterness, resentment, anger, rage, all of that was extremely prevalent in Joseph's life. But God is doing something with Joseph. In Genesis chapter 39, he's with him. Look in Genesis um, uh, chapter 39 and verse 9. And you know the, the, the story. Joseph's there in Potiphar's house. This wife keeps coming after him, keeps coming after him. And Joseph's response is this, there is no one greater in this house than I, who has withheld your, your, he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do the great evil and make myself happy, enjoy life? Well, God, you did sell me off in slavery. God, it really wasn't fair that I spent hours in that pit crying out to my brothers while they sat there and fed their face and you did nothing about it. No, that wasn't Joseph's response. Joseph's response was, I can't sin against my God. Faith. If you read on farther, God's going to bless Joseph. He's going to bless him enough that He's going to send him to prison. And God's going to bless him in prison. And then He's going to bring him out again. And he's going to be this great leader. And in the midst of that culture, there's one Israelite. His name's Joseph. And you know what he does? He gives his children Israelite names. But I think the most fascinating thing about Joseph and the story of Joseph is this. Forgiveness. When his brothers came to town, why didn't he kill them? Why didn't he pull them up in front of everybody and give him the opportunity to mock them all? Because of his faith in his God. At the end of Joseph's life, you read where he says to his brothers, what you meant for harm, God." Meant for good. The book of beginnings. Lots of different things that you can grasp. The easiest part and the most exciting part is to stop and say, yeah, my God is the Creator. But your God is not just the Creator. He has a plan. And because Adam and Eve made a choice, this Creator is going to ask you to, by faith, believe that His Son is the only sacrifice for your sins. It'll be interesting. If Jesus came back right now, how many people would be still sitting in this building? How many of us would still be here? Because we haven't trusted the plane. That we don't have the courage that Noah had, that Abraham had, that Joseph had, saying, God, if you speak, and God, you move, and when I hear your voice, I'll follow you. No, I realize that I could go through and we could spend hours on Abraham's failures. We can go, and that none of these. These biblical characters have it all together. They're not perfect, which I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that we have the Word of God and it shows their imperfections because it gives me hope. We've gathered together as a family today. We've looked at a book, the book of Genesis, really fast, the book of beginnings. You know what we see all the way back in the garden? There was sin. There was an animal sacrifice. And then we see men and women follow their God. When their God speaks, Abraham, leave. Noah, build. Now Joseph never heard, go to Egypt and enjoy life over there. But he chose his God even though it wasn't fair. And even though he had plenty of opportunities to say, God, nobody will even know this. Nobody even know I'm a Hebrew. Nobody knows all about this stuff. They don't believe in my God, so I'm just going to enjoy the culture, God. I'm just going to live for myself. Nah, no. he didn't do it. God comes to you today with a lot of words. Do you have the faith to believe his words? Do you have the faith to follow his words? Do you have the faith to surrender to his words? It's a new year. What will make this new year successful? In my mind, the book of beginnings tells me faith, it. Surrender to it. Trust it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to gather around your word. And thank you for allowing us just to look at the book of Genesis very briefly. But there's some amazing life lessons here. So Father, as a family, if if there comes a time in this year where we need some encouragement, that we would come and we would come back to the book of Genesis and stop and be reminded of the power of the creator God that we serve. But Father, may we not just come back to the book of Genesis so we can feel good. But we come back to the book of Genesis and say, wait a minute. God is asking something from us. Father, as you look down on our family, if there's anyone in this family that does not believe that Jesus is the only payment that that will fulfill the forgiveness of sins, may you open their eyes this morning. May they start the new year and say yes to you, Jesus. May they receive the free gift. Father, for the rest of us in this room, give us the same hunger that you gave Noah, Abraham, and Joseph to follow you no matter what it looks like. May that our passion be what Joseph was, that we would not sin against our God, that we would choose to be obedient to the Word of God. In your name I pray. Amen. If you're here this morning, we would like to pray with somebody. We do have the What's Next ministry out the back. God bless and Happy New Year.